We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, and for live streaming, CITR.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we're now in the month of December. Very interesting weather, nice and cool, but sunny, and kind of refreshing out there. I, uh, I rather like it. And uh, uncharacteristic of Vancouver at this time of year. I wonder how it will end. Well, we'll find out when we uh, hear the uh, weather uh, prediction for the week. We would like to begin the show not with the jazz feature this evening. Uh, The jazz feature will come right after this particularly wonderful piece of music that I would like to dedicate to all the Jewish people, because starting at sundown last night, it was the beginning of the Jewish holiday Hanukkah, and to pay tribute to all the Jewish people, the people of the Jewish faith, and to the celebration of lights, which is Hanukkah, here is the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone and on trumpet, a gentleman we featured not too long ago uh, on a jazz feature, trumpeter Carmel Jones, John Houston at piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Mel Lee on drums. And here, dedicated to the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, is a jazz version of Hava Nagila. Thank you. 
Hava Nagila, a great uh, Jewish folk song and played by Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Carmel Jones on trumpet, and John Houston on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Mel Lee on drums. And uh, as I mentioned before, dedicate that one to the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, and the people of the Jewish faith. Our jazz feature this evening is a wonderful tenor saxophonist, somebody who really came on the scene in the 1960s. And I'm talking about the great, late Joe Henderson. You know, if you think of the tenor saxophone, uh, you go back to the 40s, and two very influential um, pioneering tenor saxophonists, modern tenor saxophonists, Dexter Gordon and Stan Getz. They both came to prominence in the 40s. In the 50s, of course, it was Sonny Rollins and John Coltrane. And in the 60s, it was Wayne Shorter and Joe Henderson. And then, of course, we get into the 70s, and then we get into the Steve Grossman, Dave Liebman, Bob Berg, and Michael Brecker, and so on and so forth. But the 60s really belonged to Wayne Shorter and Joe Henderson. Joe Henderson was uh, interesting. He came from a very, very large family. He was born in Lima, Ohio, and came from a family of about uh, 14 kids. And uh, Joe was very talented. Um, he also had a brother who was a really good tenor saxophonist, Leon. Um, he didn't develop a huge career, but play, played around Detroit. And that's where Joe headed when he um, became pretty um, accomplished on the tenor saxophone. He started uh, on piano, as a lot of musicians do, and, uh, and then gra- gravitated toward the saxophone. And eventually he became good enough um, to play in all kinds of uh, jam sessions in, in the city of Detroit and really developed there uh, before he became known and uh, played with all kinds of uh, very important musicians. Detroit in the late 50s was uh, a hotbed of jazz activity, all kinds of clubs and all kinds of great musicians, many who had not uh, emigrated yet to New York and uh, had become famous, and Henderson played with them all, including John Coltrane and my old friend Joe Brazil, all kinds of people, Sonny Red, all these great uh, Detroit-based musicians, and Henderson really developed his chops. Of course, he was a young man, and he was drafted into the U.S. Armed Forces, and of course, he was uh, um, recognized, luckily enough, for his musical talents. And he actually entered into a talent show um, sponsored by the U.S. Army and won. And he joined a band that toured uh, all over Europe. And, uh, of course, he, when he was over there on, on furlough, he met uh, many of the American um, expatriate musicians like Kenny Clark and um, Kenny Drew, the pianist, Kenny Clark, the great drummer, and, and so many others. And um, then when Joe returned to the United States, he was um, stationed in Fort Benning. 
And that's where he got his discharge papers. And when he got that, he was gone, straight to New York City. And it didn't take him very long before he hooked up with the great trumpeter, the uncrowned king, as he is often called, Kenny Dorham. And, of course, he began appearing, um, made a couple of appearances on Kenny Dorham's records. And, of course, he was heard by Alfred Lyon of Blue Note Records, and he was signed to that label and began his own recording career. A whole series of wonderful albums. He actually recorded five albums for Blue Note under his own name. And, of course, all kinds of uh, great sideman appearances with uh, Andrew Hill, Bobby Hutcherson, uh, Lee Morgan, all kinds of different people. And uh, was really became uh, one of the great individual voices of the tenor saxophone. His main influences were Stan Getz, Coltrane, and Sonny Rollins. And uh, Joe Henderson seemed to absorb all those influences, and uh, no one sounds like Joe Henderson. He was uh, an incredible musician, and the jazz feature this evening is his final album for Blue Note Records called Mode for Joe, and it's one of his best. Uh, after this recording, he uh, moved on to uh, other labels, and, of course, continued to establish his uh, leadership abilities and all that kind of stuff. And in the mid-'80s, actually, he, after a, a time away from the recording studio, he recur uh, returned to Blue Note when Blue Note was revitalized in 1985 and recorded a double album, uh, which is uh, quite a classic called uh, the... Um, I forget the title. Oh, The State of the Tenor. Yeah, I couldn't think of the title. That's the name of the album. Anyway, that's that's worth looking for. But going back to this album, this was his uh, final one for his first run at Blue Note Records, and it was recorded in January 27, 1966. And it was a little different from his other albums because it featured a larger group and these are all hand-picked musicians, and it's really, it's almost an all-star date. And Joe was able to put them all together on this very, very cohesive and uh, marvelous record date. And I think the co-star on here is pianist Cedar Walton. And Joe and Cedar put their heads together and wrote some uh, great tunes and great arrangements uh, for this uh, fairly large band. And Joe had been, uh, his previous recordings were in quartets or quintets, and this is a septet. The people involved here, Joe Henderson, of course, on tenor saxophone, and the great, late Lee Morgan on trumpet, who is uh, in incredible form on this album, Curtis Fuller on trombone, who Joe, of course, knew from his days in Detroit, Curtis was from there, and on vibes, Adding another texture to this uh, group was the great Bobby Hutcherson, the, the late great master of the vibes, Bobby Hutcherson. And, of course, Cedar Walton on piano, on bass, Ron Carter, and on drums, who's just really a vital force here, is Joe Chambers, one of the most creative 
um, of the modern jazz drummers, along with Tony Williams. So the pieces that we're going to listen to, the first, uh, the album opens uh, with a wonderful piece of music written by Joe Henderson called A Shade of Jade. Then the title track follows that, and that's by um, composed by Cedar Walton, and it's entitled Mode for Joe. Then the third tune is entitled Black, and that's also written by Cedar Walton. And then we have an exciting um, tune that Joe brought to the session called the Caribbean Fire Dance. And uh, that's a, a very hip tune, and the drumming on there is absolutely unbelievable by Joe Chambers. And then we uh, go to a very up-tempo uh, minor key blues written by Joe Henderson called Granted. And the final tune was contributed by trumpeter Lee Morgan, and it's another blues form. And the title of that tune is Free Wheelin'. So here then is our jazz feature this evening and the master saxophonist, Joe Henderson, and his marvelous, marvelous Blue Note album entitled Mode for Joe. So we hope you enjoy the jazz feature. And we're going to kick it off right now. I said right now, <laughs> right now, here it is. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
And that was our jazz feature this evening. A wonderful recording. It was his uh, final recording after five under his own name for Blue Note Records. And I'm talking about tenor saxophonist Joe Henderson, who led the band and uh, composed a lot of that music and arranged the music as well and put together these all-star musicians and made them sound like a band. And uh, this is one of Joe Henderson's finest um, recordings of a whole group of very fine recordings. And, of course, uh, when he was uh, contracted to Blue Note, he was working as a sideman with so many uh, different uh, stylists and musicians, from Grant Green to Andrew Hill to Bobby Hutcherson uh, to Lee Morgan, all kinds of people. And uh, Joe Henderson, one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone, who kind of combined the concepts of Stan Getz, Sonny Rollins, and John Coltrane, all into a style all his own. And, of course, um, in the 1960s, Joe Henderson, along with Wayne Shorter, were the two major young stylists of the saxophone, of the tenor saxophone. And uh, Joe Henderson really made his mark on jazz music. This album was one of them, and it was called Mode for Joe. The people involved here, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Curtis Fuller on trombone, Joe Henderson, of course, on tenor saxophone, Bobby Hutchison on vibes, Cedar Walton on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And the tunes, beginning with the first one, was called A Shade of Jade, written by Joe Henderson. The second tune was the title track, written by pianist Cedar Walton for Joe, and it was called Mode for Joe. And tune number three was another Cedar Walton composition entitled Black. Tune number four was an incredible piece of music, written by Joe Henderson, and brought out uh, some of the best um, playing in the session. And that tune was called Caribbean Fire Dance. And following that was another Joe Henderson composition based on an up-tempo minor key blues and is entitled Granted. And the final tune was written by Lee Morgan, and it was his contribution, compositional contribution to the date, and the tune was called Free Wheelin'. So that was the content of this uh, marvelous album, our jazz feature album tonight, called Mode for Joe. And we'll be right back after some messages. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or citr.ca for live streaming and my name is Gavin Walker and this is the jazz show the red fox healthy living society invites you to a special event series called active play active play consists of family friendly activities kids can try traditional playground games like stilt walking pogo stick flower sticks and hula hoops What's more, you can join us for a creative cafe including art activities, live performances, storytelling, and community feasts. This all happens from 3 to 6 p.m. on Monday afternoons at the Strathcona Community Center, 601 Kiefer Street, until December 10th. We acknowledge that this event takes place on the unceded ancestral territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh people.
Well, I did say I would talk about the weather for the week, and it's uh, pretty interesting. Cold, but clear and refreshing. So tonight is clear uh, with a little bit of wind and lows down to minus one, below freezing. Then tomorrow will be sunny with a low of minus four and a high of plus four, and it'll be sunny. Wednesday is sunny as well with a low of minus two and a high of four. Thursday is sunny too with a low of minus two and a high of plus three. And Friday, again, is sunny with a low of minus four and a little cooler, uh, uh, only a low during the daytime or a high during the daytime of plus two. Then Saturday is cloudy with a low of minus two, and there will be a 60% chance of maybe some, oh my goodness, light snow. <laughs> I don't know about that. But anyway, a 60% chance of light snow that's in the forecast, or, or, and it's a big one, showers, because the temperature for Saturday is going to go up to plus 5. Then Sunday, it actually warms up quite a bit. It's, it's a low of plus 2 and a high of 8. And we're going to get periods of rain on Sunday. So there you go. I don't think we have to be too nervous about uh, any kind of snow, but there is snow in the mountains, and that's, re- that's nice, and that's where it should be. And that's, you know, that's cool. <laughs> All right. That's the weather picture for the week. You're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, High Life Records, Mintage, People's Co-op Bookstore, Stormcrow Tavern, The Rio Theater, JQ Clothing Limited, and Bone Rattle Music Limited. Listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim speaking Musqueam people. I've always felt that uh, one of the most underrated pianist. It's a gentleman who was born in Los Angeles and spent most of his time on the West Coast. Of course, he eventually traveled around the world, spent a little bit of time in New York City, but was uh, basically in Los Angeles. And of course, there was a great interruption to his career due to uh, drugs. And um, he was really given a harsh sentence by a hanging judge in 1958. And the big one was that uh, he was a model prisoner, of course, and well-liked. And uh, he wrote and managed to get a letter out to President
President John F. Kennedy to tell Kennedy who he was, that he was a, re a recording artist and he was uh, a well-known uh, jazz pianist and so on and so forth. And uh, Kennedy was impressed by this letter and realized that Hampton Hawes, he was reformed and, of course, he was clean of drugs uh, um, at that time. And Kennedy had a lot of faith in him and said, well, uh, I'm going to give you a pardon. And he got a pardon from John F. Kennedy and was released from prison and carried on a wonderful career until his untimely death in 1977 of a brain aneurysm. And uh, it was too bad. He was taken away from us far too young. So I'm going to give you an example of Hampton Hawes' talent. I, I love his playing. He's one of my favorite piano players. And uh, this is with a wonderful group with uh, Hampton Hawes on piano. This was all recorded in the mid-50s. Um, for contemporary records in Los Angeles. And it's Hampton Hawes and his regular trio with Mr. Hawes at the piano and the great Red Mitchell on bass and Chuck Thompson on drums, who is a perfect drummer for a piano trio. We're going to hear a bunch of tunes uh, from Hampton Hawes, including the first one, his own composition called The Section Blues. And then we're going to hear a standard tune called Somebody Loves Me. And then another Hampton Hawes original called The Sermon. And then a ballad, uh, the great uh, George and Ira Gershwin tune, Embraceable You. And we're going to end with uh, a great standard tune called I Remember You. So here then, piano stylings of the one and only Hampton Hawes.
There's a couple of things, several things, with the great late Hampton Hawes at the piano. Recorded in Los Angeles in the mid-50s with his regular trio of the time with the wonderful Red Mitchell on bass and on drums, Chuck Thompson. And we heard a whole bunch of tunes, uh, the first one being Section Blues, it kind of featured solos by everybody in the band, um, written by Hampton Hawes. Section Blues was the first tune, then a standard, Somebody Loves Me, and then another Hampton Hawes original called The Sermon. And then we heard uh, quite an in-depth exploration of the great Gershwin standard, Embraceable You. And the final tune was another standard tune called I Remember You. Incidentally, Hampton Hawes never had a piano lesson in his life. He taught himself, and <laughs> pretty amazing talent. Just uh, when he was a young man, he just picked tunes out of the piano, and he had a uh, kind of a photographic memory and knew where the tunes went, and um, the rest is history, and he became one of the finest, most distinctive um, pianists. And sad to say these days, um, he's rather overlooked um, along with several other great piano players. And um, I just love Hampton Hawes playing. I could listen to him all night. And I hope you enjoyed that selection that we uh, played for you. We shall return. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or live streaming, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. And we'll be right back after a couple of important messages for you. This Quarter Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. need a creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world. We're going to play some music now by the Duke Ellington Orchestra. Now, he made hundreds of albums, and, of course, you can uh, go on the Internet, and, and uh, it's just a ridiculous amount of recordings, of course, his long history um, in music. And, of course, um, there are lots of classic albums that Duke made, and there's albums that are kind of, overlooked. And there was a discussion today um, in uh, one of the sites on Facebook um, of this particular album. And I made the point of saying that uh, this is an album that's uh, often overlooked, and I think it's a great album. And uh, a lot of people agree with me on, on that. 
and it's a wonderful album that came out on Columbia Records called Blues in Orbit, and it features the the Ellington Band, of course, uh, such people as, uh, uh, well, I'll try and identify all the soloists that we hear in the various pieces, uh, but we're going to begin with one called The Three J's Blues, and um, it was actually written by the gentleman that plays a lot of clarinet in Ellington's band, Jimmy Hamilton, uh, except that Jimmy Hamilton would be playing tenor saxophone <laughs> instead of the clarinet. Anyway, he wrote the tune, and it was kind of arranged by Duke, and it's called The Three J's Blues. And then we're going to hear a Billy Strayhorn, um, Ellington combined tune. Strayhorn was, Billy Strayhorn was kind of Duke Ellington's alter ego, and a lot of times they compose things together. And tune number two uh, is a tune that I've always liked uh, the melody for. It's called Smada. And um, then dedicated to somebody in the band, um, I won't say who, but tune number three is called Pie Eyes Blues, written by Duke Ellington. And then a, another Billy Strayhorn composition called Sweet and Pungent. And then a tune that is so often used at uh, jams, jazz jam sessions, the Sea Jam Blues. And of course, that's written by Duke Ellington himself. And we'll also end the set with the title track of the album, written by Billy Strayhorn, entitled Blues in Orbit. So here, then, is a short set by the Duke Ellington Orchestra, and I hope you enjoy this from his album Blues in Orbit. And we begin with the Three J's Blues. Thank you. 
We heard a selection of tunes from the Columbia album that I think is uh, rather overlooked in the uh, Duke Ellington repertoire. It's an album called Blues in Orbit, and we heard a whole bunch of tunes from that album. I hope you enjoyed our Ellington segment, one of the great orchestras. Interestingly enough, when I was listening to this, I'm thinking how all the different colors that uh, that Duke was able to get by combining sort of odd combinations of instruments together and uh, getting that incredible sound. No other band leader really did that. He was uh, really a, a, a musical magician. And the tunes we heard, um, I should tell you that in the rhythm section, of course, was uh, the wonderful uh, Sam Woodyard on drums and Jimmy Woody on bass. And, of course, Duke himself uh, at the piano and, of course, various uh, other people in the band. Uh, the soloists on all of the tunes, uh, the first one was called The Three Jays Blues. And that was written by Jimmy Hamilton and arranged by Duke Ellington. Now, Hamilton normally plays clarinet solos but he was featured on tenor saxophone on this particular tune and uh, did a great, uh, a great job. The second tune was written by Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn, Duke's alter ego, and that tune was called Smada, and that featured, of course, the great alto saxophonist Johnny Hodges along with uh, trumpeter Ray Nance. Tune number three was called Pie Eyes Blues, now, I didn't know where that came from. I thought it might have been <laughs> referring to someone in the band because uh, um, the indulgence uh, uh, in alcohol was not a stranger in the Ellington's orchestra, especially certain members of the band. Um, but Pie-Eye was a character in um, the great movie Anatomy of a Murder, and Duke Ellington himself played that, and Pie-Eye was a club owner. Uh, there's another definition of pie-eye, too, but uh, I won't get into that. Um, it has nothing to do with alcohol, either. Anyway, that's why it was called Pie-Eyes Blues. Um, I just found that out, as a matter of fact. It tweaked my memory. And the soloist on that, Ray Nance on trumpet, and Jimmy Hamilton once again on tenor saxophone. Then we moved to a tune written by Billy Strayhorn called Sweet and Pungent, and that featured the uh, incredible plunger muted trombone work of Booty Wood. Then we heard a whole bunch of soloists on the next tune, the, the very famous Sea Jam Blues, and we heard solos by Ray Nance on violin, that was his other instrument, Matthew G., one of my favorites, on trombone, Paul Gonzalez on tenor saxophone, Booty Wood once again on plunger trombone, and Jimmy Hamilton on clarinet. And the final tune, the title track of this album, uh, was written by Billy Strayhorn, and it was called Blues in Orbit, and it featured um, just these textures provided by the band, but the piano was played by the maestro himself, Duke Ellington. So there you go, a bunch of selections from this wonderful album on Columbia Records called Blues in Orbit. We're going to turn now to tell you <laughs> that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer for live streaming. 
it's CITR.ca. And a couple of websites to get into, um, as I always mention. The first one is VancouverJazz.com. And that's a very good website. There's all kinds of uh, links on there, and it's easily accessible, lots of information, interviews, um, bios, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's quite a um, comprehensive website and very informative. And if you don't know much about the jazz scene in Vancouver, it's a real good website to get onto. That's VancouverJazz.com. And the other important website is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's CoastalJazz.ca. Those are the people that bring you the big jazz festival and also um, promote their own concerts throughout the year. And, of course, they back Frankie's. Frankie's, one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs. There's always something happening down there. And Coastal Jazz and Impresario Corey Weeds programs the music at Frankie's. And, of course, if you get onto the coastaljazz.ca website, you can access the schedule at Frankie's and look down the who's playing and doing what and uh, who you would like to hear. Uh, you can book a table. You can pay for it. You can do all that kind of stuff on that particular website. It's a very comprehensive website as well. So two of them, VancouverJazz.com and CoastalJazz.ca. Also, I always like to mention Pat's Pub, which uh, on Saturday afternoon, uh, there's, there's uh, very often there's jazz music on other nights there, but you have to look, you have to find out on the, on the uh, uh, schedule. Uh, you can find that out by going to VancouverJazz.com, of course, and uh, checking the schedule. But uh, every Saturday, Pat's Pub has some of Vancouver's finest musicians, and they perform there from 3 in the afternoon until 7. And this week is uh, a really great band with Brad Turner and a whole bunch of uh, uh, marvelous people that are going to perform at Pat's Pub. And the nice thing about Pat's Pub is that it's very inexpensive, and it's in an area, you know, people say, well, it's downtown east side. It's okay down there. You can park quite safely down there, and, you know, not a whole bunch of things aren't, aren't, uh, aren't going to happen down there. It's a very comfortable place, and uh, they have a big parking lot out the back as well, and it's easily accessible by public transit as well. And... It's free. You don't have to pay any cover. Uh, you can nurse a beer or, or whatever or a Coke or <laughs> whatever you want to drink. Or um, the food is really good down there as well. So uh, I recommend it. Pat's Pub, a very friendly place every Saturday afternoon. And like I say, it's no cover. Some very fine musicians perform there. Speaking of another venue, that's the Tangent Cafe down on Commercial Drive, and uh, they very often have some very fine music. And we're going to listen to some music that is going to be performed at the Tangent Cafe by a young singer by the name of Natasha D'Agostino, and she'll be performing there this Thursday. That's December 6th at the Tangent Cafe with her group. Uh, but she's got a wonderful album out called Endings Rarely Are, and we played it a few weeks ago. On the uh, on the show, Natasha uh, performs here with uh, a 
a wonderful musician, David Blake on guitar, Paul Ruska on bass, and Bernie Arai on drums. And we're going to hear two standard tunes. I like her interpretation of these two tunes and uh, this unique voice of uh, Natasha D'Agostino. She's a graduate of Cap College and uh, is quite a wonderful singer. So this album is her own, and of course she will be selling it um, at uh, this gig at uh, Tangent Cafe this Thursday, December 6th. So here's Natasha singing uh, Frank Lesser's I've Never Been in Love Before, and she's going to continue with another great tune uh, written by Coots and Gillespie called You Go to My Head. Natasha D'Agostino. It's you, it's you forevermore. I've never been in love before. I thought my heart was safe. I thought I knew the score.
Thank you. 
We heard two songs by Natasha D'Agostino from her album Endings Rarely Are. And Natasha, of course, was singing with uh, David Blake on guitar, Paul Rushka on bass, and Bernie Rye on drums. And we heard two standard tunes uh, that she picked for this album. The first one was the Frank Lesser classic, I've Never Been in Love Before. And the second one was a, a nice version of uh, the Coots and Gillespie standard called You Go to My Head. And the vocal stylings of Natasha D'Agostino. And she'll be performing this Thursday evening at the Tangent Cafe on Commercial Drive. And her show begins at uh, 8.30. And she'll be performing Thursday this coming Thursday, December 6th, Natasha D'Agostino. Now, another gentleman that will be playing in Vancouver is from New York City. He's a saxophone player, and his name is Nick Hampton. He's got a wonderful album out called Catch and Release. Now, Nick is going to be playing at Frankie's um, this weekend. He'll be there Friday and Saturday evenings, and he is a heavy he can, uh, he's an excellent uh, saxophone player, plays alto, tenor, and has um, uh, been living in New York for many years. And uh, we're going to hear Nick on this album, Catch and Release, uh, which is uh, available. Um, you, you just have to, uh, it's on uh, Triple Distilled Records. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Nick Hampton. H-E-M-P-T-O-N. Uh, you can Google them and, uh, and find out. And uh, if, you're, if you like the music on this CD, it's a good one to purchase. Actually, uh, if you go to uh, nickhamptonband.com, that would do it. So it's all one word, nickhamptonband.com. Anyway, here is Nick uh, playing alto and tenor saxophone with uh, Dan Aran on drums, Dave Barron on bass, and Jeremy Manassia on piano. And we're going to hear two Hampton compositions. The first one is entitled Catch Up, and the second one is the title track of the album called Catch and Release.
saxophone stylings of Nick Hampton appearing at Frankie's this Friday and Saturday night. Thank you. 
We heard two pieces of music by New York saxophonist Nick Hampton. And Nick will be appearing at Frankie's this weekend, both Friday and Saturday evening. And as you can hear, he's a very accomplished uh, saxophonist and plays both alto and tenor and plays a lot of his um, very original music. The, uh, these two tracks are from an album by Nick uh, entitled Catch and Release. And we heard Dan Oran on drums, Dave Barron on bass, and Jeremy Manassia on piano. And two compositions. Uh, the first one, Nick played the tenor, 
saxophone. It's called Catch Up. And the second tune is the title track where he switched over to alto saxophone and played the title tune, Catch and Release, both compositions by Nick. So, once again, he'll be appearing at Frankie's Jazz Club down on BD Street this Friday and Saturday. Now, I'm going to play you something that I have never heard before. I just received this today, and it is a very special edition of the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop recorded at the Strata Gallery in Detroit in 1973, in February 1973. And this band uh, by Mingus, these um, recordings have uh, only just surfaced. And from all I can understand, they are quite amazing. But I've never heard them before, and neither of you. So I'm going to play one piece. Uh, this is a five-CD set um, that was recorded at the Strata Gallery, and it includes the, uh, an interview with um, the great Detroit drummer Roy Brooks, who was working with Mingus at the time. And um, we're going to hear uh, Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, Roy Brooks on drums, and John Stubblefield on tenor saxophone. Now, John was from... Um, Little Rock, Arkansas, and he was a great um, and almost forgotten master of the tenor saxophone, and he was only with Mingus for about five months, and he confessed that uh, he had an argument with Mingus. <laughs> it was pretty easy sometimes, and um, uh, he left the band after, the, after an argument, and he, he maintained that he regretted this, but um, that was his... Uh, his time in the band was only five months, but he certainly contributes. And on trumpet is a wonderful player by the name of Joe Gardner, who was part of the Mingus entourage at the time. Joe never recorded under his own name, but he's an excellent trumpet player. And on piano, Don Pullen, who was with Mingus for quite a long time. So that's the this edition of the Jazz Workshop, and uh, this band, uh, until this time, has never been heard on any sort of um, recording. So, once again, Mingus on bass, Roy Brooks on drums, Don Pullen on piano, John Stubblefield on tenor saxophone, and Joe Gardner on trumpet, and this is a wonderful Mingus composition that I've always liked called Peggy's Blue Skylight.
That was the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop recorded at the Strata Art Gallery in Detroit back in February of 1973. And this was a special edition of the Jazz Workshop. This edition never recorded uh, any commercial uh, recordings. And this um, group of recordings has just surfaced and I've never heard it before myself. So I, I decided to play one track. Of course, we'll be hearing more from this album. It's a very important release. Um, it was um, a special edition of Mingus's Jazz Workshop. Uh, Roy Brooks was the drummer. Uh, his regular drummer, Danny Richmond, was actually uh, living over in England and, and touring with uh, um, the Mark Almond uh, rock band. Uh, Danny was taking a vacation from jazz and doing that. And Roy Brooks became the regular drummer with Charles Mingus. And, of course, Mingus is on bass. Uh, Don Polan on piano, who remained uh, with Mingus throughout the 70s until about 1976. Uh, Joe Gardner on trumpet. And John Stubblefield on tenor saxophone. And the composition we heard was uh, Mingus's great tune called Peggy's Blue Skylight. And this, there is a story connected with that, but we'll get into it some other time. But this is a five-CD set, and um, it's actually very well recorded. And I, it just came by FedEx today to my house, and I didn't have time today to listen to any of it, and I thought I'd play a little bit uh, on the show this evening. So I hope you enjoyed that piece, and we'll be hearing more because uh, it sounds great as far as I'm concerned, and the sound quality is, is very good as well. So this is just newly surfaced um, recordings by Charles Mingus. All right, we're going to play a couple of tunes by a band based in Toronto. Now, I'm unfamiliar, again, with uh, this man's work, but I listened to this uh, album at home several times and thoroughly enjoyed it. It's called The Lion, The Camel, and The Child, and it's by the Johnny Griffith Quintet. Johnny Griffith is a very unique-sounding tenor saxophonist. On trumpet is one of the finest trumpet players on the scene today, and he's played in Vancouver many times, Jeremy Pelt on trumpet, and he produced this album. Um, Adrian Ferrugia is on piano. Uh, he is just, as far as I'm concerned, one of the finest piano players in the country. And John uh, Maharaj on bass, and... Ethan Ardelli on drums. Now, all of these, um, except for Jeremy Pelt, who is from New York, all of the other musicians, including the band leader, Johnny Griffith, um, live in Toronto. And this album is available uh, if you go on to johnnygriffith.com. So, of course, that's all one word, J-O-H-N-N-Y-G-R-I-F-F. I-T-H dot com. Okay, we're going to hear two tunes. 
Both of them are composed by Johnny Griffith and played by this quintet. The first tune we're going to hear is one called Deliciously Ambiguous. And the second tune is called The Corridor. And enjoy.
That was the Johnny Griffith Quintet. And all those musicians you heard, with the exception of trumpeter Jeremy Pelt, are all based in uh, Toronto. And this is from uh, Johnny Griffith's brand-new album called The Lion, Camel, and Child. And the people involved here, Johnny Griffith, uh, the leader on tenor saxophone and the composer of those two tunes, Jeremy Pelt, of course, on trumpet, Adrian Ferrugia on piano, John Maharaj on bass, and Ethan Ardelli on drums. And the two tunes we heard, the first one was called Deliciously Ambiguous, and the second one was called The Corridor. We're going to close the show and take you to the Renaissance, which was one of the fine jazz clubs in Hollywood uh, in the early 60s, and listen to this incredible quintet led by Red Mitchell, who plays the cello on here. Red Mitchell, of course, is known as a bass player and piano player, but here he chose to play the cello. He's the leader of the band. And on guitar is none other than the great Jim Hall. Frank Strazeri on piano, Jim, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Frank Butler on drums. And this is uh, a Red Mitchell composition dedicated to Jim Hall, and it's called simply Jim's Blues.
That was recorded at the Renaissance uh, Club in uh, Jazz Club in Hollywood way back in 1960, and we heard Red Mitchell on cello, plucked, of course, um, leading the band, Frank Strazeri on piano, the great Jim Hall on guitar, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Frank Butler on drums, and that was Jim's Blues from Red Mitchell's very fine album called Rejoice, which came out on the uh, Pacific Jazz label. That's it for this edition of The Jazz Show. We have two more for the month of December, and then we're going to take a vacation for a couple of weeks over the holiday season and uh, be back in uh, 2019 on January 7th. But next week's jazz features a wonderful album by Johnny Griffin, the great Chicago tenor saxophonist, the Little Giant, the Chicago Fire. He was known by all those names. And uh, a wonderful album uh, that he did for uh, Riverside Records called The Little Giant. And it's a great album and features a whole bunch of wonderful musicians. That's going to be the jazz feature next week. So enjoy the sunny, cool weather. You can just be cool. And uh, we'll see you next Monday night. We start always on Monday at 9 p.m. So take care. Be good to yourselves and all that kind of stuff. Bye for now. On behalf of CITR FM 101.9 or on Live streaming, citr.ca, The Jazz Show, and myself, Gavin Walker. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Thank you.